0: Go, welcome back to the EVE's Podcast. You've got Dell here. My name is Francesca, and my name is Jelly. I'm excited because I was uh, we were finally able to uh, sit this person down. Mm-hmm. She's, <laughs> she's been standing the whole time. <laughs> 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 she's got quite the schedule. Very busy. It's difficult to um, have her give a date because she's in and out of the country. She is in and out of workshops. So. We are happy to have with us the founder and owner of the Third Eye Wellness Center. That's a mind, body, energy, health, and well-being center here in Manila. Mm-hmm. Um, she is the first certified practitioner and instructor of theta healing in the country. She's also certified uh, certified in science for theta healing specifically, which is like the highest Certification that Theta Healing has. She is a certified clinical hypnotherapist and past life regressionist, Reiki practitioner, Access Bars practitioner, and Pranic healer, in addition to being. Well-versed in a variety of other healing techniques. She is a healing junkie. Nice. My mentor (laughs) in Theta Healing, Sanaya Gurnamal.
1: Hello. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for letting me come here and share my views and my thoughts. I'm really excited um, to talk about our exciting subject today.
2: Okay, so like we say, I mean, this, we have tried to cultivate a really safe space for everybody to just discuss and talk about their issues, <laughs> and we kind of just help each other deal with them in, in, in that way. So we're glad to have somebody who is an authority. Usually it's just us, like, bounding <laughs> off and just sharing our emotions, but right now at least we have some somebody to tell us. Like, okay, this is this and this is that. So first, I guess maybe we should start off with what exactly is Theta Healing?
1: Sure. Theta Healing is a meditational technique. Mm -hmm. It is a tool of self-discovery. It's a tool of uh, bringing a lot of clarity to your life. Mm -hmm. Um, It helps you resolve things from the past, any baggage you're carrying. It is also a way of actually dealing with physical disease, emotional challenges, and um, any kind of difficulty that you're going through your life. Um, At the end of the day, it's a healing technique. It is a practice. We do teach people how to um, do theta healing, and Mm -hmm. we also counsel people through theta healing. The technique was founded by a woman who had um, advanced stage of cancer, Mm -hmm. and through this technique, she had an instant healing where... One second, she had cancer, and Mm. in the next minute, it was completely gone. Mm. So over the last 25 years, it's become one of the most uh, successful healing techniques in the world. Mm -hmm. There are more than half a million practitioners, and um, this technique is is being taught in almost every country right now. It is um, extremely powerful, and it is also a way of um, exploring your spirituality no matter what background you come from, no Mm -hmm. matter what religious preference or um, understanding that you follow. And it is really something for yourself, something that makes you better than who you were Mm -hmm. without it.
2: Okay, interesting. So when you say technique, what happens? Maybe you can just kind of walk us through um, a session for the
1: uninitiated well, if you go to a Theta Healing session with a Theta Healer, what will happen is she she or he will scan you. Mm-hmm. She'll get an idea from the scan of what is actually going on in your space, emotionally, psychologically, physically. When you say scan, it's what? Me- uh, like, mental... it's, it's yeah. like It's like the person just goes into your space mm-hmm. using their... Consciousness. Okay. I know I'm using a lot of words yeah, that no, can okay. be kind of you know mm-hmm. confusing mm-hmm. for anybody, but the idea is that we are energetically picking up what's going on with you. Okay. So you could come to me and say, "Well, I have um, you know this really big challenge in my life, and I feel really sad and unhappy, and I don't understand why." And a practitioner would be able to go in and understand, "Oh, this person is having you know some kind of uh, difficulty." with a relationship or we'd be able to pick up that this is coming from their childhood or we could even see that something happened when they were a baby in their mother's womb Mm. and so they're carrying the stuff until today and that's the root of what's going on
3: so the scan is an energy reading does it involve questions
1: no it's actually uh, pretty quick you know within 30 seconds or so we go in we scan and then we start asking you questions after the scan mm-hmm. is
3: it i don't know if you're you'd be uh okay with it like mm-hmm. could you scan us
1: absolutely
2: could,
3: could. are you game Keep what do going, you think you
2: first
0: <laughs> yes, I'm
3: well, game. But <laughs> well, she
0: scanned me before, but you know, I, I, that was she scanned you for whatever, for issue, whatever issue I went handled yeah, at that time. Yeah, but so but full disclosure, now. so
2: so she uh, Sanaya is a mentor to Jelly, and then when Jelly told me about this, I was going through something. I had like um, hives. hives, hives. You remember yeah. this, right? Yeah, she was I couldn't get rid of it. I did not even know why, and so it was very problematic for me. So I went to Sanaya and I had a session so exactly that so when you say is it intuitive like, it is intuitive right we call it actually an intuitive reading okay mm. so you can, maybe dell can I'm scared. (laughs) Okay. I'm scared.
1: Well, you know, we only scan you when you come to us for a session. Ah, okay. You know, I'm not like, you know, going out there and just scanning people, you know, spying on people. You, this person behind me in Starbucks. I read read you. You always ask for permission. You ask for permission, you know? And I do get, you know, of course, when I, let's say I go out with friends and then I just get this thought that something's going on with a friend of mine. Mm. And I'm not invading her privacy. Right. But I will ask her, are you doing okay? You know, or sometimes like at home, I just get the sense that something's going on with one of my helpers and Mm. I'll be like, well, what's going on? Talk to me. Mm. And so it helps me actually be more sensitive to what's going on. You know, I remember going to bed one night and, um, I turned to my husband and I was like, I can hear the wheels in your head turning. Talk to me. Mm. Okay. And once he even like, you know, I turned around and I was like, you're not alone. And he just freaked out because he was just thinking that he was feeling so alone Ryan. in this one challenge in his life. And wow. I just turned around and I said, you're not alone. Like, I literally answered the thought in his head. In his head, head right. Yeah. That is a good so skill these are, to have. You know, exactly. So it just makes you really sensitive if you want to. Mm-mm. So you can turn it on and off as you want. You know? right. But I leave it open because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I help people around me. and. Right. And I like to know that I can be there for someone who needs it, even if they're a complete stranger.
3: So what, are the, what <clears throat> issues in life do people usually come to your, your sessions with?
1: everything. You know, I've had people come in for cancer. Mm-hmm. I have people coming in because they had a breakup. I have people coming in because That's their, child That's had, right there. <laughs> yeah, their child had depression mm. or I have someone coming in because they just feel lost and confused mm. or somebody doesn't like their job and doesn't know what they should be doing. Right. Or somebody who just, you know, um, doesn't understand why they have this repeated pattern in their life. Right. So they really come to me, most of the time, they don't know what they can get out of their session, mm. but somebody told them, go. right. Just huh? go, and you're going to get something out of it. So a lot of times people don't really quite know <laughs> what to say or what to um, tell me. Yeah. But, you know, I scan, and then I ask them, what's going on? You know, mm. what are the things that you don't like? Or where do you feel stuck? Or you know, how can we improve your life? And that's really what it's about. It's about improving yourself, improving your life, and finding happiness and joy. Because most people are walking around like hamsters on a, heel, on mm, a wheel.
4: Yeah, like they're just right. doing
1: what they need to do. Right. But you know, I don't know. People just don't sit down and ask, "Am I really happy? Am I?" I think those questions are so
3: scary yeah. because mm-hmm. of the answers. Yeah. Yes. Mi- yeah. The minute you sit down and and. Let's say for example in your marriage you sit down and you go am I happy? If you answer truthfully and you should if it's if it's serious enough for you to sit down and ask that question if the answer is a no mm-hmm. then you know then pe- that's why I guess people don't want to tune no. in tide yeah. Yeah. because having to deal with these emotions you know they're messy mm-hmm. and you're not assured yeah. that at the beginning it's messy because sometimes you know you're like in a in a in a wor- uh, like in a smoke thing mm-hmm. smoky room like right. you can't see anything see it, right. yeah. you can feel something's wrong but you don't know what it is and you can't see clearly yeah. and i think sometimes you know People are scared to just sit down and ask because it will mean they have to do something.
1: Consequences.
3: Consequences, right. There's a
1: lot of consequences to asking that question. Mm -hmm. Right. But, you know, we can't be like a flamingo with our head in the ground and pretend everything is okay Mm because eventually that catches up. Right. That's why people get sick. That's why, you know... Marriages and partnerships break up sometimes in very very uncomfortable and painful ways Mm-mm. because you know those problems and those issues just kind of catch up with you right. and you can't understand why everything just fell apart suddenly but you know it didn't it it's wasn't sudden going, yeah it's been going on so for it's as if people are on
3: autopilot yes. and not attuned not connected just going through motions absolutely and it's when you go through motions without really thinking that's when a pattern emerges comes at you, you don't understand why, but you've done it, right? Yeah. You, you've been living your life a certain way, and mm-hmm. now it's come to a point where you can't deal with a consequence. Exactly. It's become a problem. Exactly. Oh.
1: So that's probably the right time for someone to come see me yeah. as well. right. that, that point. yeah. Because at that point, you know, they really need some guidance and some help. Is it like therapy? It is therapy, or is it actually. Just, it's like- um. Theta healing is a blend of spirituality and psychotherapy. Yeah, and,
3: that's what it sounds like.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the work we do goes down to your DNA. We work with the cells in the body. Right. Because there's actually a field of science called epigenetics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is a blend of biology and um, and also uh, different offshoots of psychology. Mm-hmm. And essentially what they've understood is that our genes turn on and off to how we feel. Mm-hmm. So... You know, for a very long time, we thought that 98% of our DNA was, like, junk, and we mm-hmm. only used 2%. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's been, like, the Human human Genome Project yeah. and all these different discoveries where they've realized that that 98% actually has a lot Some more going use. on. Some use, yeah, yeah. Yes. And um, epigenetics genetics has pointed to the understanding that um, different genes that we carry from our ancestry – turn on and off based on how we feel in our life. So I may be carrying a gene for diabetes because my family has been carrying it for a while, Mm -hmm. but I will not get diabetes unless I have those emotions that are in common with diabetes. And diabetes, for example, has um, emotions of feeling life is bitter. A lot of bitterness, Mm. you know, hence diabetes, your body stops producing insulin. Mm. So they kind of lose that sweetness of life. Life. Ah. And it could be because of centuries and generations of a lot of challenges that leave a very sour taste or bitter taste in someone's mouth, kind Mm -mm. of, you know. And so if you live your life having a lot of bitterness, then you're going to turn on... It'll be,
2: like, triggered. Yes. That's part of the That gene for Uh, diabetes,
1: and you are going to be then kind of borderline, you know, and then from that, if it doesn't get better, if you don't correct it, then you develop diabetes. So so that's how it works. That's how disease actually passes through families. And it's not just, you know, genetic diseases. It's all kind of things. It's things like poverty Mm. or, you know, that idea of poverty consciousness. So if your family over generations has lost a lot of wealth, or, you know, they were in war, Mm. or they were in circumstances, you know, where they had to lose everything, then you may actually carry this gene for um, having a sense of lack in your life. Or, you know, you keep making money and then you keep losing it. People Mm. steal it from you. Right. You know, it's bad investments, or you lose everything in the business. And that's actually a genetic pattern that you are carrying from the family. How do
2: we not trigger that? How do we not turn that on? Awareness. Number one is
1: awareness. Being aware that, you know, you don't have to choose this kind of pattern or thought. Because a pattern is really from series of thoughts that you keep thinking over and over and over again. You know, your thoughts create your reality. We kind Mm -hmm. of understand that now. Mm -hmm. We understand that, you know, the law of attraction, what you think is what you create. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we don't really understand what that means. We get it, like intellectually, but we're not really doing it. You know, we're not practicing it. We're not actually being mindful of the thoughts we think.
0: Right. Or we're not connecting that our thoughts are actually really already manifesting. Manifesting, absolutely.
1: Mm -hmm. So that's what we need to be a bit more mindful of what we're thinking. Right. Um,
3: You've heard a lot of people go through problems. Mm -hmm. So as you're speaking, I wonder how much of it Weighs you down. Nothing. How do you keep healthy? Because if you're listening to all of these things, you know, it can. Mm. I wonder how do you deal with it so that it affected? doesn't bring you down?
1: You know, um, over. The past maybe 12 years, I've been in this kind of journey of self-discovery and healing. I've, I've learned many different healing techniques. And that was one of the biggest issues that I came across with other healers. Right. They talk about how you know, they get weighed down or affected by what's going on with other people. Right. And they feel sometimes they take on the negative energy and so on. And um, one of the most amazing things for me when I discovered Theta Healing is that you learn that you can be a tool for somebody else. You know, you can be the catalyst for change for them without having to be attached and without being involved, you know, so I see clients on a daily basis. I mean, it's literally like the entire day could be one client after another client after another client. And when I walk into my healing room, it's like something switches on and I just pick up everything I need from them Mm -hmm. and I work with them. And at the end of the session, they feel better and they walk out feeling better. So first of all, I've already transformed that energy.
3: Okay, right.
1: Secondly, um, I may get tired from actually speaking, mm-hmm. but I don't get tired from the energy. Because at the end of the day, I understand everything that's going on is befo- between the creative energy, the, the universal energy, yeah. and my client. Right. You know, I'm just kind of opening that channel. The facilitator. I'm not actually in between, you know, mm. I'm not actually taking you. Yeah. It's not, taking, it's yeah, not, it's going, not going, through... going through me. Yeah. I'm just opening up that window or that kind of, you know, that tunnel access. between mm. the access. Mm. So I don't take in the negative energy. However, when I do a healing on my client, I do say, you know, me too, me too. I want all <laughs> those downloads or I want, you know, all those positive things that I'm sharing with somebody else. So I partake in the healing right. in a sense that I take in all the positive, but I can choose. Because I have boundaries. I've created boundaries through the healing work mm-hmm. that I've done to make sure that the healing transpires for my client and I don't take an, anything negative out of it.
3: What makes... Okay, so a lot of people will gravitate towards a career that does something for them. For example, mm-hmm. you're a little bit... You're ready for combat. You might take a job in, in the army or as a lawyer, in the, you know. What led you to be a Theta Healer? Was there a lot of pain in your life? Was there... What brought you in? Because yeah. I, I feel like most people who go through that, who become coaches, life coaches or whatever, yeah. have had to deal with themselves. Yeah. And once they have learned a certain... Achieved a certain level of awareness, then they're able to help other people.
0: Give your background as to what you were before you became yeah. a Theta Healer.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I grew up in Japan. And um I went to college in the US. I went to uh, University of Pennsylvania. It's like a very competitive school if you've heard of it. Yeah. And so I was very much You Japan, into- man. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, so I was very much into, like, the corporate world. Yep, you know, okay. I worked for Saks Fifth Avenue. Yeah. I was a fashion buyer in New York City. Isn't UPenn you know, Ivy League? U- it is, Ivy right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're surrounded by everybody who wants to be on the cover of Time magazine. Yes. It's super, like, competitive. And so that's my background. Okay. okay. And I thought I had life pretty much figured out at 20. <laughs> I was living, Like you, know, you had a things. path
2: already. Yeah, I yeah. had it all set, A you great know? one,
0: too.
1: <laughs> and, I was, um, and I was loving my life. Honestly, I don't think there was anything... Wrong with my life. I thought I was doing pretty great. Right. You know, I made a very good salary. I had tons of friends. I lived, you know, the big city life, and um, you know, I had a really sweet discount at Saks. So <laughs> you know, it, was, it was great, right? Which is compla- the best. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and I, I left New York City after a couple of years. So I was in the U.S. for seven years. I moved to Dubai where my parents were, and um, and I decided to start a jewelry business there. And I became a jewelry designer. And I thought, again, that I was exactly on the right trajectory, you mm-hmm. know, from, you know, starting my own business, I'd meet a guy, I'd have kids, you know. Right. It was that, that, you know, I had, I was already independent. Right. Um, and life was pretty cushy. Okay? Right. And um, one day I was invited to this spiritual talk. Of course, at that point I was like spiritual talk. That's so not what I'm interested in. I don't need this. I don't need this. You know, everything is great. I I didn't even, you know, get it. And and really, coincidentally, I was done with work that day. I happened to be in the area where the talk was, and Mm. I was just kind of led there.
4: This was and in Dubai.
1: This was in Dubai. Okay. okay I was in my early twenties and there was this man talking about spirituality and he was talking about angels and past lives, reincarnation and all this kind of, we, we term it now metaphysics or mm-hmm. new age. Yeah. Um, and I remember sitting at the edge of my chair, my mouth was like hanging open and I'm like, either this guy's crazy <laughs> or, you know, there's all this stuff that I don't know about. And You're I remember right. just sitting at the ed- edge of my seat being amazed wow you know and i went home cuz i was like a bit of a nerd and <laughs> i went home and i i really researched. stayed up <laughs> sorry all ma- night
3: amazed why
1: he just talked about things that sounded so
3: true. true.
1: It made sense mm. to It you? made sense. Like something in, clicked? Yeah, in the pit of my stomach. Like, I was just like, this just feels so right. Mm. But my brain is like, no, mm. you know, how but, can this
2: be real? But prior to that, living the best life ever, was the new age stuff like in your head mumbo jumbo prior yes. to you going into yeah. this I seminar? Just,
1: you know, it just wasn't in my space, like, uh, you know? Yeah. And like, yeah, I, I know of people who who read cards or astrologers and you know all this <laughs> stuff. But to me it's like, you know, those gypsies yeah. or crystal yeah, yeah, balls yeah. or like it's just not you go there for fun. Yeah. It's not like real world stuff, yeah. you know. It's mm. not what someone with half in my in my head at that time, it was like not someone with half a brain would actually yeah. it's, not know, it's not science. It's all science, right? Mm-hmm. So and I was very left brained until that point. And so I went home and I and I Googled. I literally stayed up all night. And I had taken notes, you know. That's the type of person I was. (laughs) And I looked up everything. And, you know, it was amazing because there was so much information and everything checked out. And there were, like, people who were, like, you know, psychologists, from the U.S., who had written like these best-selling books, who who were Christians, and then they, you know, they had a client who went into a past life regression, which questioned, made everything, them question right. everything, or like, you know, a lot of really amazing stories out there. And I said, okay, I need to know more. Mm-hmm. And so I went in for a healing session. I didn't even know I had anything to fix. <laughs> right. So When I walked in, you know, the the healer was just like, she was a hypnotherapist, and she was like, so what do we work on? And I'm like, I don't know. You what, tell me. What do we work work on, you know. So, so why
3: did you walk into this I healing? Just, I was curious. all oh, curiosity. You know, like just, okay, yeah. My
1: mind was just See like, what, what is like, this? Yeah. I want right. to know. Right. And so she said, all right, is there anything in your life that you would like to change? And the first thought that popped in my head is, yeah, I'm lactose intolerant. And I've been lactose intolerant <laughs> for eight years. And you know, I love dairy. I love my lattes. <laughs> cheese, ice, ice cream. Ice cream. <laughs> you know, that's the good stuff to me. Right. And they used to give me a lot of problems. And you know, in the U.S., we have have like lactate milk yes, and you get right. a lot of things that even if you can't take dairy you can you know you can have that but in Dubai we didn't have any of that stuff so it was mm-hmm. a problem mm-hmm. and um, I said I'm lact, you know I'm, I'm lactose intolerant and she said okay let's figure this out and so she kind of relaxed me she took me into a subconscious space and I ended up going to a memory when I was about eight years old and in this memory, I'm looking at the refrigerator, the freezer door in my house in Japan, and there's no more ice cream left. And the thing is, like, there was a tradition in my family during the three hot months in Japan, because the rest of the time it's pretty cold, mm. and every Sunday we would go to Baskin Robbins and buy ice cream. Okay. And so every night after dinner, we were allowed to... To pick one of those ice creams mm-hmm. and have it, me and my younger brother and my parents too. So it was like you know, it was a family, family thing, thing. a yeah. bonding experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing there, and there's only one flavor left, and it's <laughs> this like yucky, adult <laughs> strawberry cheesecake type of flavor. And you know, I'm a kid; I want that rocky road, chocolate. Mm-hmm. And there's just this one flavor, and I'm so upset eight-year-old me is just so upset Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking this is so unfair this always happens to me I always get kind of like the raw end of the deal and my little brother must have had all the good flavors and nobody thought about me Mm -hmm. they left me this yucky flavor that I don't want to have and I can feel like while I'm in the subconscious mind space I can feel all the anger getting upset yeah I Mm -hmm. feel the resentment and you know it starts to kind of kind of actually hurt in my body in my tummy Right. And so the healer helped me kind of work through that, Mm. release it, we did some breathing, and then from there we actually um, explored a little bit more in my subconscious, and it turned out it wasn't just that one incident. It was a general feeling in my life that, you know, Nobody thinks about you. Exactly. My younger brother would get away with everything. (laughs) You know, and then it went on to... Had nothing to do with the ice cream. (laughs) Nothing to do with the ice cream, you know, and it went to experiences after that. And Mm. I had this belief that love hurts. Because my parents actually, um, I remember remember them fighting and so I kind of had this belief that love hurts like if my mom and dad who should love each other are fighting then that's
3: love then that's that's
1: love love cannot exist
3: without the fighting exactly and Mm. then I
1: believe that life is unfair and I basically picked up all these negative beliefs that were stored inside my body Mm. and they were kind of playing out in my life as the experiences I was going through and I had a lot of heartache and different mm-hmm. relationships I was in, and so it kind of all boiled down to these very um, to- strong toxic, toxic emotions, yeah. feelings, experiences wow. that I was carrying.
3: And, and we document those feelings. Feelings are not tangible, but you store it in your body. This is how At people moment, get. Sick. Well, you could be genetically predisposed, but like you said, if you keep negative emotions. energy in your body, it will manifest as a disease that you already can. Get exactly right, yeah. Because I remember a friend of mine; um, she became cancer-free for three years, and all of a sudden it came back. Yeah, and nobody could understand like why. Mm-hmm. And then the people around her said, "You're angry. Yeah, yep.
4: oh.
3: you're angry. You're angry all the time." Actually, yeah. when he when people around her were asked, like you're always nice to your friends, but when you're in the home, you're angry. Yeah, mm-hmm. and okay. it was very, um, it was very. Eye-opening, yeah. and I think it's like when we look at evolution and how animals have adapted to become their present form, even humans. That's DNA. Yes, and so when we adapt, we change our DNA. It, it's not always like unchangeable, right? Right. Yeah. Because we're constantly evolving, constantly evolving, adapting to the environment, and that's why I could go on board when you were talking about how our dna you know you could have diabetes but if if you don't feed it then you won't get it exactly yeah. you don't
0: turn on the gene the for gene. diabetes
3: yeah right. it's just said in a different way like exactly what you're saying now is the truth that most people know but in said in a different way exactly huh?
1: Exactly. So the thing is, we don't really have control over where we store these emotions. And it's not like we can do anything about it. It's just the way we are wired. Mm, right. You know, the okay. minute we feel the emotion, okay, you may let it go. Or you may think I've forgiven the person. Mm-hmm. But at that moment that you felt it, you stored it. And we yeah. don't have any way of letting that go. It just accumulates over time. Yeah. If we're not aware. If you're, if not, you're not aware. aware. Right. Right. OK, and so essentially what happened is after that healing session, she said, all right, you know, go and test, mm-hmm. you know, and I said, OK. And I went straight to Haagen-Dazs <laughs> and I had my favorite cookies and cream, nice. of course, and I waited, you know, and I was like, OK, am I going to run to the bathroom? What's going to happen? And nothing happened. And wow. so for the next week I tested, you know, I We're tried ice cream, <laughs> every cheese, form of dairy, yeah. you know, I just loaded it on, you know, because mm-hmm. I wanted to test. And right. really, I was fine. And I was just like, wait oh. a minute, wasn't that easy, like one hour and something that and was it dealing fixed you? it fixed me, you know, and I've been something dealing with this for, been eight for eight years. years right? <laughs> and I'm thinking, wait, if this is real and this is true, then why doesn't everyone know about it? Mm, like, why is this right. like a secret? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. why am I hearing about this for the first time now? <laughs> yeah. And why are people sick if it's so easy to heal it? Right. And that's what got me started. Wow. And so it was like an intellectual curiosity. And so I became, you know, as Jelly said, I was like really a workshop junkie. I took right. mm-hmm. every form of healing that I could get access to. Mm-hmm. And at that time in Dubai, it was like a lot of things started to come there. A lot of people were coming to teach these things. It was like an explosion of, you know, spirituality and healing. And it, had a lot to do with the fact that Dubai was um, going through a massive change. It went from being this, you know, kind of closed little city Mm. to being now one of the most cosmopolitan cities in the world. Yeah, opening up
3: to the world. Yeah,
1: and 70% of Dubai, roughly, is is expat. And so there were influences from everywhere, and everyone was kind of going through that, that period of, you know, the secret, the right. law of attraction, yeah. self-discovery. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so, you know, I was at that right place at the right time. And I was, I guess you could say I was one of those people who also spearheaded it because I opened my healing center after a lot of studying. You know, it took me about two years of my own healing, mm-hmm. you know, essentially working through everything in my life that I didn't even know was a problem. Like, I thought it's normal that kids and their parents don't get along. Mm -hmm. I thought it was normal Mm -hmm. that you go in and out of relationships and experience heartbreak, and maybe you feel like you can't really trust anybody. I mean, that was all just normal to me. Right, yeah. Like growing pains, you know? People have to go through it. And, you know, people say things like, oh, challenges make you stronger, and, you know, you have to go through difficulties, and blah, blah, blah. And so for me, that was just life. Yeah. And then... All the healing and the spirituality taught me no, that's not life. Mm. That's what we gotta change. We have to change our perspective. It doesn't have to be so difficult. It doesn't have to be painful. It actually should be adventurous and fun. Easy. Actually, it feels
3: like a survival skill. Yeah. So that you could have a happy life. Yeah.
4: Del Fran Jelly, the easter.
3: You were in Dubai doing all these workshops at twenty.
1: 23 23. 23 24 25 did um, it help you better date <laughs> you know i um i actually stopped dating when i got into healing i stopped dating seriously He's pointing at pointing <laughs> at jelly <laughs> because i just realized that i was attracting all the wrong kind of guys into my life mm-hmm. and you know what was happening with me if I fell in love with this guy, like I really liked him, he'd play hard to get and he'd really make me work for it and it would be really painful. And if there was a guy madly in love with me, I'd run bored. away. Yeah. I'd run away, you know? Ah. I, I cheated. I mm-hmm. mean, I went through all right. this kind of really relationships that never worked. Right. Uh, probably 10 years of dating and it was just all wrong. Mm-hmm. And I realized, you know, I kept thinking they were the problem. I thought yep. they had the commitment issues. Yep. Like, all my while, I was like, here I am. I just want, you know, a nice guy. I just want love. I yes. want love. Yeah. You know, I want it's my soulmate. You know, right? I, I'm here putting my heart on my mm, on the sleeve, you yeah. know. Right. I'm thinking, like, I'm the the martyr here, and they're the <laughs> ones who are just messed
3: up. And that feeds into the life is unfair. Right. Like, because I want to give you my love, and yeah. nobody wants to take this love, and they just abuse me. Exactly. It feeds the life is unfair. Absolutely. Yeah, right.
1: So it was a whole pattern going on, affecting every area of my life. And then I realized I had this like, you know, through all the healing and work I was doing on myself, I realized, oh my God they're not the problem. It's me, (laughs) you know, because I'm carrying that belief that love hurts. Mm. So I have the commitment issue. And so I'd pick the guys that I knew I couldn't be with and the ones who were all in, I'd run because... They don't fit the template. Exactly. So they confirm what you already believe. believe. Mm, And my end game was do not get into a relationship. Subconsciously, I'm putting... I was like holding on to that thought that, you know, relationships are unsafe. Stay away. Mm, You know, mm. but in my conscious mind, I'm like, no, no, no. I want to be in a relationship. So I'm constantly in conflict with my own self. Right. And that was like a major realization. Because that's a
3: huge disconnect.
1: It's a huge disconnect. To want
3: something that you think will hurt you.
1: But you know, that's the thing. That's the thing, right? We are always in a state of conflict and disconnect. Mm -hmm. Whenever you're not getting what you want, whenever you're not happy with any situation in your life, you are in a state of disconnect. Right. You're conscious Think something else and your subconscious is doing something completely something different. different. Yep. Mm. Exactly what you experience is what your subconscious is creating. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and even it though has you hate its reasons. It, yeah. yeah. You may say, I don't want this. I hate this experience. It's giving me pain. Why me? Mm-hmm. But you know what? Your subconscious is actually orchestrating that entire experience. And, and,
3: and I think when you say, well, I don't like it, it's hot in here, mm-hmm. you're still there. The moment you, you phrase it differently, I want to go somewhere cold, yeah. then it changes the energy altogether, other yeah. than, as opposed to, this room is so hot. Right. So I get it. It's, it's really your thought that drives a lot of things. Absolutely. Do you think that, so what separates us from a lot of, a lot of other creatures on the planet is our memory.
1: Yes. And our that, ability to our analyze. Our ability to
3: analyze our memory. Because without it, like a fish doesn't carry a whole lot of mm-hmm. parental issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't. Because they don't, they don't remember. They don't even know their
4: parents. <laughs> yeah, they don't even
3: know their parents. And, and you can see that. Most animals are living in the present. Absolutely. And the thing that stops us from that is our memory. Because although we're here at uh, 1132 in this building... Some part of us is still thinking, oh, you know, when my dad did this, when yep. my mom did this, when my yeah. friend said that. So a lot of it is our memory. And that memory is the basis of consciousness, right?
1: Absolutely. But you know what? Let me take it a step further. It's not just the memory. It's the emotions and the judgment yes. that we attach, attach to, the to that particular right. memory. Memory nothing. It's right. nothing. It's experience. Yeah. yeah. The minute I say this experience is bad. bad. Or this yeah. person did this to me and, and how you felt, felt about, about it, it. That's when that memory becomes actually toxic. becomes toxic and starts exerting an influence in your life. Wow. Whether you're aware or of not, it, or it not. is. So does that mean that
3: just on that assumption, people who suffer from child abuse will remember, or even rape, whatever mm-hmm. violent right crime and they've been hurt and they survive it, the
1: memory is attached to a really strong emotion. Yeah. Can Theta help them? Absolutely. So what happens with someone who's been through some kind of trauma or abuse is they have this program that they are a victim. And so for the rest of their life, they are a victim of every circumstance, of every situation. Or if a child witnessed their parents' going through some marital difficulties, let's say the dad cheated on the mother or the mom cheated on the dad, more often than not, that child will grow up and become a cheater Mm. or they will marry a cheater Mm. because that's their template. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's their reference. That's all they know. They don't know what marriage is without cheating, without disloyalty because that's their first experience. So what we do is we repeat what we learn and even though you say, I'm not going to ever do that, even mm-hmm. if your conscious mind yeah. is yeah. Already, even
0: telling you, oh, are, Yeah.
1: It happens. Uh. And somehow you make it okay in your head. You know, you have a whole story of why you did it and why it was okay, even though you didn't set out to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I have so many clients coming to me, and they're in a relationship where there's disloyalty, betrayal. And I always go down to, well, tell me about your parents. Mm. And maybe 80, 90% of the time, they witness cheating.
4: Mm. Okay,
1: so we just
3: repeat. And also it comes at a time when the children are very young. And so like an adult, if you hear your friend got cheated on, you know it, you can see it, you can feel their pain, but for some reason it's not as, it doesn't go as deep. But when you're a child and that's all you know, mm-hmm. that's yeah. what you see, that's, the, that's what you think the world is, and yeah. that's what you think all the world is or yeah. what love is. Yeah then
1: it's deeper because you go through life carrying that, even if you don't know you're carrying it. And, you know, it's actually scientific. So when you're born, you're actually in a completely subconscious state. That's why we learn. That's how we learn. So a baby mimics and, you know, essentially just learns by example. Right. Okay. And they go through each experience, accumulating it. And that's how they learn. Like they touch something hot, and mm-hmm. oh, okay, I can't touch that mm-hmm. because it'll hurt. So you learn by example. And so you're in a complete subconscious state till you're about eight years old. And then what happens? Around eight, you start creating something called a critical filter. Mm -hmm. It's a separation between the conscious and subconscious mind. And at that point, what you consciously think and what is going on subconsciously starts becoming different, different. And the only time you access Mm -hmm. the subconscious is when you're asleep. But when dreams and dreams, and when you're in your waking state, you're entirely in a conscious mind. But then, you know, those eight years, everything you saw around you is stored in the subconscious and it becomes your template. It becomes your belief system about life. So if you had a very, very comfortable life, then you create the belief that life is good, life is easy. But let's say you went through a lot of difficulties from the time you were born till eight. eight. Mm -hmm. Then to you, life is really, you know, it is like, it is is difficult, it's Mm -hmm. challenging. And the rest of your life becomes that. So we unfortunately... Cannot um, have any control over what happened before, you know that kind there, of separation got created. Right. But what we can do as adults is actually go in for meditation, mm-hmm. which is opening the um, the gateway between the conscious and subconscious. It helps you do a lot of release. You can go for healing, which is what Theta Healing does. Mm. It gets into the subconscious and it actually identifies those negative beliefs and starts releasing them right. because we realize. My negative experience is coming from this negative belief that I'm holding in the subconscious. Because your subconscious creates your experience. Mm. And if the experience I'm going through is not what I want, then i got to delve into where that experience is coming from. And Mm -hmm. it comes from my subconscious. And so we need these techniques or these tools that get into that space that we can't get into unless we are deeply meditating or we are, you know, in a altered state of consciousness, in hypnotherapy, or in a state like Theta. It's so, it's, a, it's for me, it's so wonderful because,
3: you know, you when know, the book, the, the Law of Attraction came out, mm-hmm. and people thought it was an access to getting what you want materially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. When really it isn't.
0: Without lifting a finger. <laughs> yeah,
3: you think, I want this, I want this, I want this, then it will come to you. But it's deeper than that. And the law of attraction, if I were to take exactly what you've said since we, the podcast started, if our inner life, our thought, and our consciousness is a certain way, that's what you will manifest. Absolutely. So if you become, if you shift and you're more aware, oh, this is what I do, this is my pattern, I don't wanna do that anymore, I wanna do this, then that new line of thought now starts to attract that kind of energy.
1: Yes. Yep. huh. You have it. That's right. right. The thing is, though, constantly monitoring your thoughts is <laughs> exhausting. 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 Yeah, I don't think people can I do that. Right. That's know. why people, who, let's say, want to quit smoking, they can't. Majority, pe- like maybe 98% of people mm-hmm. cannot quit quit smoking just because they want to. Right. Because it's so deep-rooted.
3: Yeah, the pattern. And, mm, and yeah. your
1: subconscious mind is actually nine times more powerful more powerful than your conscious. Your your conscious mind is only 12%, 10 to 12% How of your mental that? space. Yeah. How do we know that? Well, that's kind of, it's hypnotherapy. It's a study of the mind. Mm. Okay. And they discovered that your subconscious actually is about um, 88 to 90% of your mental space. Oh my. So what they do is they measure your thought patterns. They use machines like an electrosapograph. Okay. You know, so th- as much as we want to control... We can't. We can't because you are <laughs> operating out of a conscious mind that is only ten to twelve percent right. of your mental and energy. That's why you need
2: to meditate. Yeah. That's yeah,
1: why you yeah. need to use, you need to tap yeah. into that subconscious So right. let's
2: say, you know, we try we wanna be aware. Right? Um, For everybody who's listening, let's say they don't have, they can't go to a session, you know, because it's not accessible to everybody. Um, What are the tools that we can use in our daily lives to make us more aware, first of all, because that's the most important thing, right? And then exercise,
1: I guess, changing that thought. I'll give you a couple of really easy steps that Mm -hmm. anyone can do. The first thing is start living your life questioning. Yourself. So, for example, if something happens, well, why did that happen? How does that make me feel? Okay, what do I want to do about this? Is this what I really want? So, start introspecting, start, you know, asking yourself. We call it digging, Mm. we call it the process of digging, which is kind of getting to the bottom of things, get to know yourself better. Okay, step one. Step two is try to take some time to meditate. And to me, meditation is just quiet time. You know, just being silent. Don't do anything. Don't look at your phone. Don't look at the TV. You don't need to do anything. You just need to be. Quiet. Quiet. (laughs) You know? And you you, you work on one minute a day, two minutes, three minutes. It gets easier. Just like, you know, you go to the gym and you keep working out. Those muscles are going to build. Your brain is also a muscle. You have to teach your mind how to be silent, how to be quiet, how to just be present.
3: Mm,
4: sorry. Okay,
3: can I pause you? Mm-hmm. I just remembered something. Because remember, Al was here in Bikram Yoga. Yeah. And oh, when yes. you start yoga, the monkey's in your mind. Yeah, the, your, your, your mind's telling you stuff about the poses you're doing. Oh, yeah. this is so hard. I can't do this. I'm not flexible. Right. And the shift came for me when I did one practice. And I used to dread the 90 minutes and the heat but there was this one day where I started the breathing and next thing I know, we were in Savasana. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, wait, 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 where where did the time go? And I w- there was no um, negative emotion attached to a pose that I couldn't do. Oh, yeah. well, that's nice. Mm. I was just, and I, I really couldn't believe like, where did you weren't it go?
0: evaluating yourself in
1: the right, session exactly. it was
3: pure meditation, like yeah. it was just you were just flowing through flowing. yeah, and, and you
1: stopped doing, and you were just yeah. being and I, the and
3: my breathing did that for me yeah. if I just concentrated on my breathing, yeah. the, everything starts to quiet down, yeah. and next thing I knew it was different it yeah. was I was done, yeah. and I yeah. guess a lot of what you say resonates and oh that's what happened exactly. oh, that's
1: what happened and breathing is one of the most easiest ways to get into a state of meditation as well so just practicing meditation will calm you down breathing will calm you down to get into that state of meditation they so always when, say
0: to concentrate on your breathing because when you say just quiet your mind just people think okay i'll just sit down and not do anything but then your mind is racing with all these things like what you need to do, what what's up with you, what somebody said. You know, there's so yes. many thoughts. So they say to clear your mind, just listen to your breathing or just concentrate on your breathing.
3: Actually, a lot of people who start to meditate will say the exact same thing. Is it, has it been one minute? <laughs> Has it been uh, Remember
0: that scene from Eat, Pray, Love, <laughs> yeah, where she's like, was "Okay, true. I will meditate," and then she looked at the time. It's not even a minute. <laughs> yeah,
3: because because that's true. I think that the, it's a it's a tool to use breathing. Yeah, because once you just do the breathing and you focus, and, and I love the sound of it. And that it, I don't know. For me, I remember feeling alive. Yeah, that sound of. You feel connected. Connected. And I don't know to what, but it's bigger than me. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and, and all of a sudden, all the voices, the demons, the, the angry whatever starts to quiet down yeah. and like,
1: I need this. Yeah. <laughs> Just to feel light. You got in touch with you. Yeah. And you realize you're connected to everything. And that's meditation. And it's not difficult. Everyone thinks, you know, it's so difficult. And I feel like that stress kind of makes it even more, more. challenging <laughs> right. for people. That's right. When that all is. it is is just, you know, you just sit down, focus on your breathing. Just be quiet. And you know, don't pressure yourself. Just start with a minute. Mm. Start with 30 seconds. Right. You know, and build up day after day. And it just it just happens. It kind of just creeps up on you. It's one mm. day you realize, oh my God, I'm actually meditating. <laughs> I don't know how it happened, but I, I'm doing it. I
2: think it's always that scary first step yeah to sit down and just be with your thoughts and not because they creep in right even in those 30 seconds they're gonna creep in so you just have to say okay this day the 30 seconds I thought of different things but tomorrow I'm gonna try again yeah
0: and then that's just okay. Set the intention as well that I, I'm gonna do this yeah. because I know of a lot of people who say right away, Oh, I can't meditate. Uh-oh, you know, exactly. like I can't do it's that, negative, I can't God quiet God. my mind right away. They're like, I can't do this, but
3: there you go again. That goes to you're manifesting what you think, yeah, yeah. I can't do it. So, so of course, can't. you can't do it. Yeah, yeah. that's why oh, so yes.
0: don't tell yourself that. So, just say, You know what, I'm gonna do this, so let me give it a shot. You know, be open to it, and you never know what's gonna happen, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but don't shut yourself down even before you try, even before. You but you like sometimes it's inherent it's like human nature people yeah always, uh,
2: like i want to exercise but i'm gonna shut myself down because hey, i have so many things not to do <laughs> i love i missed my window to exercise in the morning so yeah. then i won't exercise you said something to me like the other day you're like okay you can't it can't be like a chore like you have to you want to exercise yeah, yeah. you have to tell yourself that you want to it's, it's not, not like it's not have you have to, have to yeah
1: but you want to yeah so So the third thing you can do is something called affirmations so affirmations are like positive statements Mm -hmm. and when you repeat something often enough it actually takes 21 days of repetition to create a new habit to create a new habit so Mm -hmm. if you keep repeating that that becomes your natural state of being so if you feel like you're always criticizing yourself maybe replace it with i love myself or i accept myself and you say it 21 times for 21 days
4: Um, And that will actually
1: start to shift because repetition goes straight into the subconscious. And so that is one way of getting into the subconscious through affirmations. Okay. So
3: those are three s- tools. Three one different is to tools. dig and ask yeah. yourself questions like why. Yeah. why? Second Meditation. is to meditate.
1: And third is affirmations. Affirmations. Oh, yeah, affirmations. And it has to be positive. If you're going to use affirmations, it must be a positive statement and it must be in the present okay. moment or in the, I mean, in present tense or past tense. Like you don't want to say, I want to lose weight because you're going to be forever okay, wanting yeah. so to lose weight. Okay, so what would be the wording. <laughs> Wording You would say, I, I am fit, I am fit and healthy, I am ah, healthy. So it's your
2: goal, yeah, it's, your, it's where um, you're already where at.
1: You, okay. you have to convince your brain you're already there, mm. oh. and then your brain starts to do like, it I am for confident, you. Like,
0: yeah. Like what I learned in the classes when you're constantly telling yourself, I want to be rich, you're putting yourself in a state work. of I'm always wanting, wanting to be rich, and not being, or rich. I <laughs> want. I want love. Mm. You're, you're putting yourself in a state of always wanting love. Like you'll, You're always looking for so it. So let's the assumption say is, uh,
2: your affirmation is, I'm in love. Yeah.
0: Or I am love. I, I am, love. am love. So am like a, an affirmation loved. that's been very powerful for a lot of people, especially women, is I am enough. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I am enough. I am love. Just uh, have that everywhere you look. Mm -mm. See it, say it to yourself constantly until it gets to a point that your subconscious believes it. That, yeah, I am enough.
3: Because when, I just want to go back, because some people are going to go, well, I don't understand it. I want love. Because when you want something, you don't have it. Mm -hmm. And that's why that statement doesn't work. And
1: it implies lack.
3: Yeah, it implies that you don't have it. Exactly. So the shift here is to say you are love. Or you already have it. You already have it. Yeah. And now it's not like you're a receiver also, but a giver. And one of the things, I think now that in my therapy, that was what it did to me. To be completely honest, at some age, I started doing that. The digging. Because I was just emotionally upset as a child. Mm -hmm. And I just said, I don't want, why do I do this? Why? What happened? And I remember it was a skill I needed for me because I couldn't understand. I was always upset. I was always crying. And the digging became second nature to me. So that when I felt like I don't like a person, it's like a pebble in my shoe. Mm -hmm. And I need to go get that shoe and look at it. Okay, if this person is upsetting me, his presence upsets me. It's not about him. It's about me that I like I see in him so it triggers the demon in me it's not about this guy it's not about this girl no it's me and one of the in one of my therapy sessions my my uh, the doctor said I want what's your earliest uh, memory of pain and I was like wow which one (laughs) (laughs) where do we start (laughs) just, just the youngest and I had told her, okay, and she did that to me. She hadn't closed my eyes, breathed, yeah. and she said, where are you? I said, I'm about seven or eight, and I had just come home from church. And uh, we were going home with my tita. We rode the bus from Las Piñas to Mandaluyong, and the sun was upsetting me. The light was making me sad. Afternoon sun hmm. makes me feel sad to an extent I do not understand, like, why hey you're a child you have no problems yeah and i said so i go down the bus we take a jeep and i'm crossing the road and she said okay do you remember what you look like i guess yes what are you wearing what's your hairstyle and i and then it became complete like i i really could see myself yeah and she said tap the girl and tell her something And that's when the tears started to flow. Mm -hmm. Like, I couldn't understand. And she said, and and in that exercise, without her telling me, she was saying, you're not this child. You're a grown-ass woman, (laughs) and you can take care of yourself. The thing you needed most from other people, your parents, the grown-ups, yes, it worked when you were young because you couldn't do it for yourself. But now you're 30-something, and it's time the bug stops here. Yeah. And mm. then you heal yourself. You love yourself. Yeah. And she didn't even explain it to me in those terms. Just by triggering a, a, a tool mm-hmm. that I guess most therapists
1: use, right? Yeah. And it was so powerful. That's hypnotherapy, what she did with you, actually. Oh. She took you, she regressed you back to that memory. It's kind of like my memory of being mm-hmm. eight. It's the same, same, similar technique. And so you actually processed what you couldn't process as a child. Yeah, I didn't even know that memory was there. No. Mm -hmm. I
3: I really couldn't
1: understand And the fact that you were crying is all those emotions that you've been carrying. Right. And the crying helped you to release it. Release it. it. Yeah. For most of the sessions
0: and the workshops that we've done or I've done with her and at the center, they're all childhood. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised. Even Mm -hmm. if it's um, a problem that I'm already having now it still stems back to something I experienced in childhood. And it's like you didn't even know. You don't even know it. It's Mm. like you completely forgot Forgot about about it. it. And then when it comes up, you do remember the emotion that you felt Mm. then. And that's what you've taken with you up until adulthood. And I like that it's not about, you were right, it's not about blaming.
3: So when you regress to this memory, it wasn't about blaming the grown-ups for not having taken care of me. Yeah. It was about an awareness of how you felt. And now what? So that's how you feel. What are you going to do? And I love that the older me had reached out to the younger me and understood her. And by understanding her, I understand me, right? And I like when you said earlier that when you were dating, you were like, these men are the la la la. And I remember having that one time that we did the show, and I I just told my partner, the guy I was doing the show with, you know, we've been doing this for we, I've been bitching about my love life for a long time, but I'm the common denominator in all of it. Yeah. <laughs> and and it if it you can say, "Oh yeah, it's 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 guy one." But then if it happens again in guy two, three, four, and it's you. It's you, <laughs> yeah. man. I mean, logically, it's yeah. you, right? Yeah.
1: That's the thing. It's and and one of the things about spirituality and healing. If you start getting into this sort of um, world, you realize that nothing happens randomly. Okay, nothing is a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Secondly, every person who hurts you, upsets you, annoys you, frustrates you, it's never them. It's you. That's you true. don't react to people. You react to how they make you feel so if i'm Mm. getting annoyed with someone in my life and it makes i have to ask myself well how does it make me feel what makes me feel small Mm. and i gotta go back to the first time i ever felt small because that was the root memory and from that point i just kept attracting people who are going to make me feel something that i'm already carrying so it's me and when I release that, the same person who may have mel- made me feel small will no longer make me feel that way because I'm neutral.
3: So it's been like an hour, I think, that we're talking.
1: <laughs> Does that mean that in
3: this present state of your life, the relationships you have are a lot more beautiful, a lot more, not, I mean, not, not, not that angry? it's all positive, but <laughs>
1: healthy? Yeah. First of all, my relationships are amazing. And I've worked at it. And I'm telling you, like, I can say this because I came from a point where my relationships really sucked, <laughs> you know? So for me to be here and say that my relationships are so beautiful and amazing, like, I really went through all of that. And I've come out on the other side. I have a husband who is just amazing. He is the most wonderful person, so supportive. And he gets what I do. And, you know, I... I um. I know you had an episode where you were talking about, you know, men and women and (laughs) the modern man. You were witness to that. uh, Yeah. And, you know, my husband's the opposite. He's the guy that will, you know, go out and get me things because I don't have time to do it for myself. Mm. You know, we've worked together. We've been married for about almost nine years and we are in tandem. We are a partner. How did you You get to that?
2: point because I mean you coming from your background yes but then your husband did he go through any therapy did he work it out
1: well you know you always osmosis <laughs> <you're looking laughs> together you attract people yeah. based uh, on your own, own vibration yeah, yeah. Okay. I agree okay mm. so if I have all these negative beliefs about love and relationships I'm going to attract a partner who is exactly. really the, the manifestation. manifestation. Yeah. Those. But in the beginning, it may feel like that partner is completing Easy. you. Yeah. You yeah. know, like that's the perfect partner. Yeah. And then, you know, right. you're into the marriage or six months later out of dating. That partner will become your, you know, your biggest challenge. Mm. That very person who made you feel so complete is actually mm-hmm. going to challenge you on all those things yeah. that you came into the relationship with. And mm-hmm. that's just the truth. Did that happen to you? Well, I worked... The thing, so I I remember saying earlier that I stopped dating because I yes. realized yeah, I was the problem, right. and I said I'm gonna work on myself until I am the person that I'm proud to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to fall in love with me first, nice. and it took me, you know, it took me a year um, of just really working on myself. And you know, I had started my healing center, I was just doing so much, and um, I remember that it was um, Valentine's. Mm-hmm. And I was hosting um, a workshop at my center and, um, the, the girl who was teaching was like, you know, you need to do it too. You manifest your soulmate. It's February 14th. And I'm like, no, no, no. You know, I'm not ready. Did you but, did you purposely put a
2: workshop on Valentine's Day yeah, so you I didn't have wait. to think about, you know? Pretty much. And
3: I was single. If, if, there's <laughs> no, if, if she says right? nothing is random, yes, then there, there is. No.
1: <laughs> Of course, you know. And I was single that day. And, you know, she said, you do it. And I was like, no, no. I made excuses like I had work to do. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, you're here. You're going to do it, you know. And I said, okay. And so I did this manifestation. It's a theta manifestation, which I hadn't done up until now because, you know, I just kept saying to myself, I'm not ready. Like, I don't feel I am there yet. Mm -hmm. But I did it on February 14, 2010. And then in May, I attended some workshop. I did my instructor training in theta healing. A bunch of things happened. My brother got engaged. Um, and then I went for another healing workshop and a week later I was meant to come to Cebu for my cousin's wedding. Mm-hmm. So my she was cousin based in Dubai. Yeah, I was based in Dubai at that point. My cousin from Hong Kong was marrying a Filipino Indian from Manila. Okay. So the wedding was in Cebu. It was like, you know, a resort wedding. And so I come down there and um, on the first night at this wedding I meet the sky. Mm. And um, you know, I'm totally not thinking relationships. I'm just like, you know, I'm in love so with me. I don't need anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm into spirituality. I have my <laughs> healing center. I've, You know, my life is so full. And this guy comes, you know. And by the way, nobody, not even my cousin, not her husband-to-be, nobody would have ever thought of setting me up with anyone at that wedding you know because mm-hmm. they were like oh she's all into spirituality <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's, she's not married, interested she yeah, that. <laughs> exactly you know or she's going to be with someone who's like you know some spiritual person you know and so nobody even considered and I was 30 at that point you know so I'm totally like you know single and someone should have been setting me up but nobody <laughs> did and um and I was right. not even into that and I remember I met this guy and um and it was just so odd because at this three-day Indian wedding... We were just inseparable. And I kept, you know, telling myself, oh, I'm just here. You know, I'm enjoying, basking in the attention. Mm -hmm. He was kind of chasing me. And, you know, we had this great vibe. We were dancing, you know. And we just really, like, hit it off. And um, I already heard from everybody. He's this player. You know, every (laughs) wedding, he has a new girl. (laughs) He was really handsome. And, you know, and I'm just like, whatever. I'll just have fun for a couple of days. I'll Mm -hmm. enjoy, you know, being a girl, you know. And um, a couple of, you know, interesting things happened and we ended up, you know, um, leaving at the same time from the airport, you know, all these coincidences. But I went back to Dubai and we kept in touch and we would talk every night all night. Uh It was just really strange. And Two days passed that way. And I kept trying to tell him that, you know, I'm this really crazy, odd person. So I told him things like, you know, I see angels. You know, I work with spirits. I release them from people. I'm a hypnotherapist. I do blah, blah. You know, I told trying him everything. To discourage him. Yeah, I did everything to push him away. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to tell him, you don't want to have anything to do with me. I'm way too much, you know. And the more I told him, the more he... You know, gravitated, towards, gravitated you? towards me. Mm. And it was like three days later. So this is maybe six days after meeting him. I just went up in Theta to the creator and I said, you know, what's going on here? I don't know. I feel like I know this is something different and special and I feel something. And the creator said, look, you're going to marry this guy. Delamar, Monica Francesca, Jelly Victor, The eavesdrop you're going to marry this guy. So either you can date him for one year or two years, do the long distance thing, you know, go through all the motions, but you're going to end up marrying him. So it's your choice. What, and who is the creator? The creator is, in Theta, we say that you go up in a theta brainwave and you connect to the creator energy, the source energy, the, the, prime the energy, over. the primal force, mm. you know, the God consciousness, yeah. you can call it okay. whatever you want. So
3: that, that's what you're talking about when you say the creator, the creator. said, the creator okay. said.
1: Okay. So I tuned into that energy and, and, um, I got the guidance that you're going to marry him anyways. So, you know, your choice. And so in Wait, that when you moment, say it,
2: it sounds like it's a conversation. It is a conversation. Like it you're having,
1: like it's a literal he's conversation. Like, yeah. The creator's like, yeah, you're gonna, you know, this is what it is. And I was like, well, okay, then. And so I knew in that moment that, okay, I'm going to marry this guy. You know, that's it. I was just all in at that point. Of course, I didn't tell him that I wasn't going to freak him out. You you don't want to double up
0: on the
2: crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was
1: bad enough. Or or that would
0: push him away. (laughs) Exactly. And
1: a week later, it was my birthday. And I remember I went for dinner with my parents and I said, you know, I met this guy and I'm going to marry him, but you're not allowed to ask. And you know, I, I come from an Indian family mm-hmm. and it's um, kind of similar, I think, to the culture here. So my parents are like, who's this guy? We got to find out what's his family, what's right, the background, yes, blah, blah, blah. Yes. And I'm like, calm down. <laughs> I'm just telling you because I know that this is it. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. But you're not allowed to do Anything about it? That's so hard for parents. Yeah, (laughs) really, they really did actually go behind my back and ask some relative in the Philippines. But you know, they kept it, you know, on the DL. Yeah, Yeah. and I told like my best friends. I said I met this guy, and you know, I'm gonna marry the guy. So I really, I mean, I was so confident that I was just, you know, telling telling the people my inner circle. That's how how confident I was that this was it you you didn't practice your name with his last name (laughs) I was I I was doing a bit of numerology (laughs) you know I just I knew it was just a certainty and three weeks later he flew down to visit Mm me we'd just been talking on the phone every day and he came down to visit me so we spent a week together in Dubai and um the night before he left he's like look I didn't bring a ring because I didn't oh my expect God. this and I'm not going to get down on my knees because I don't have a ring but will you marry me will you spend the rest of my life with oh me I think he was after just it as, weeks. after three weeks oh, you know and maybe so spending kidding. what nine nine days nine right. physical days right. or maybe you know for the first three days it was a couple of hours or right. whatever but he he asked me to marry him and there was not a single doubt in my head. I mean, I barely knew the guy. Yeah. he was actually unemployed at that point. You know, <laughs> really, he had this family for Did all intents and purposes. You'd be like, uh, your parents <laughs> must have been like, "Whoa, girl, <laughs> no, Seriously. child," but you know, <laughs> they were just like, "She's thirty, so you know, we're you just gonna put like, her her the go, 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 go. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think it worked in my favor because they were just like, "Okay." It's her life now, you know. Mm-hmm. She has to figure it out, and um, and I he was unemployed because he had um, left his family business. Mm-hmm. He didn't know where he was going. Like there were so many things that if I use my brain, it's not a logical choice. Right. You would have said right. No. I would have just you know if I was. T- 10 years Your younger you wouldn't self. have entertained I, wouldn't, I would have just been like this is not the right time or it's not you know there's no security or mm-hmm. whatever and um, I just said yes and, I, and I, I told him I was like you gotta be really quiet because I'm going for a healing course next week and we can't tell people we're engaged but of course he went and put it on Facebook that Aww. we were in a relationship and that was it you know and so I flew down to Manila a month later and we had an engagement party and five months later we were married in Bali And honestly, I had been dating since I was maybe 17, 16 years old. I met him when I was 30. And um, that relationship with him from the very beginning was the easiest, Mm. smoothest relationship I have ever had in my life. And up until today, it's been nine years. I mean, to me, marriage is easy. Being with him is the easiest thing I've done. And if there's any area of my life that is so, it is just so beautiful Mm -hmm. it's really that but i worked for it you know like i did a lot of belief work that's what we do in theta we clear those negative patterns and beliefs and emotions and i really had to learn what it feels like to be in a good relationship you know, I had to understand what harmony feels like with another and person. And as opposed to the
3: memory of a marriage in your childhood where yeah. you, the two people were fighting all the time. Yeah, Mm-mm. and they couldn't
1: get along, and they each had their ego, and it was control, who's in charge, like all those things that you were talking about yeah. in your previous episode, mm-hmm. you know, about, you know, <laughs> men used to be in charge and love, you know, all of right, that. Yeah. And really, you know, it's not about that. It's about working together, and it's about trusting each other. And it's about, you know facing your own demons because it's really the marriage or the partnership is going to flow if you are in harmony with you it's not even about understanding each other or you know you like making it work or learning how to be with each other it's about falling in love with yourself Mm -hmm. and if you fall in love with yourself you accept yourself you love yourself your partner will treat you that way and vice versa Okay. You said, remember you were talking about how we treat people the way we want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And so if you love yourself, you'll treat other people with that love. I don't know what I was
3: listening it. to. Was it um, Brene Brown? And she said, never trust someone who says, I love you, but they can't love themselves. True. Mm-hmm. It's like buying a shirt from... It's buying a a t shirt from a naked guy. (laughs) They
0: can't give what they don't
4: have. That's true. What they
0: don't know how to do. Yeah. You know, that's what I learned in class as well. We all aspire for the love, the happiness, but sometimes you don't know what that's like. Mm hmm you're not familiar with it. Like, for example, you want a happy marriage, but what you've been accustomed to is you know, seeing your parents fighting, seeing relatives fighting, seeing your friends mm-hmm. fighting. So you don't even know what that's like. So at least in the class, we have ways of what she's, she's already mentioned as mm-hmm. downloads. You download that you know what it feels like. You know how it feels like. You know what to do. When you're in that mids. Mm-hmm. because now your your cells right. are getting accustomed to the feeling. Now it's becoming familiar. Because you
1: never learned it. If you never learned it, mm-hmm. if nobody ever taught you what love feels like, mm-hmm. then how are you going to practice it? Or how will you know when it's there? Yes. Yeah. How do you recognize it? Yeah. You know. So if I never like my parents were not super touchy feely or affectionate. They were just you know they were loving. My parents were very loving, mm-hmm. but they weren't the type. That hugged all the time yeah. and kissed all the time. And, you know, I had to learn when I got married because my husband's super Affect- kissy affectionate. and affectionate. And yes. he was like that with me. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in my life, I felt comfortable being hugged and kissed and loved. And, you know, I had to learn that mm-hmm. in our marriage with each other mm-hmm. you know he's the type of guy like we don't leave the house unless we kiss Aww. and say goodbye yeah, you please. know and we do that with our kids so mm. my kids are super like loving you know they're just they're just such loving little things because mm-hmm. we taught them that that's what we modeled in our in our family right so when my mom came to visit and um, she was like really enjoying the kids. But she's like, she was like, she was telling me, she's like, your son, my older son, Suri, he's um, three and a half. And um, she's like, "Wow, he's like a real Romeo. All he wants to do is Aww. hug and kiss." And for her, it was like, "This is a bit strange, you know," because he'd always hug Maybe her or kiss. She's not or used, kiss. To, she's it. Not used yeah. to it, and she's kind of saying, "Like he's such a Romeo, you know," almost like you know, it was just it was it, it was different. He's a charmer. He's a charmer. Yeah. For me, it's totally normal. Yeah. But I didn't learn that in childhood, Mm-mm. so I had to learn. So that's the problem. We don't know how to to deal with emotions. We don't know how to live our life with all these positive things, the abundance, the Mm -hmm. love, -love, self-love, self-acceptance. We got to learn. And so a lot of these healing techniques or modalities that you can learn and practice like Theta Healing, we teach you that. We're kind of like reprogramming your brain for all these positive things so you can actually put that out into your life and Mm -hmm. experience it. Because without the belief... Uh-huh. Without the understanding, without the energy of that, you can't experience it. Right. Can
0: I just share one um, experience that I had that I didn't even realize? And I guess that's when I, I figured out, okay, that's why I'm attracting these kinds of people. Mm-hmm. So I've had a belief that, and this is from childhood, that I don't need support. I don't mm. want support. I must do it alone mm-hmm. because I've been so independent and I've functioned pretty well all on my own. So I end up attracting people who didn't support me,
4: mm.
0: who, didn't, um, who didn't help me out with the things that needed to be done. Like, for example, my partner with, with our child, you know, he was, I always felt like, why aren't you doing things for us? Why are you just letting me take do care everything. of everything all on my own? I didn't realize it was because I had a. My subconscious tells me that, no, you must do it yourself. You can do it yourself. You need to do it yourself because it made me feel good. It made that, me feel like I can handle this. I would, when that was cleared, apologies, when that was cleared, and it was, I kid you not, it was cleared in an instant. All of a sudden, I'm still in class. I get a message from Rhoda saying, Hey, Mama, I know you're, uh, you have workshops this entire week. Do you, um, just let me know if you need me to take care of Juliana. Wow. <laughs> and the next thing I know, my brother's getting in touch with me. Because that cleared in my subconscious My reality changed. You started pulling in support from every area of your life. Mm -hmm. Even the existing people, like Rhoda, Mm -mm. it's still the same guy, but he's now all out supportive. And I don't have qualms about asking him for help. And he readily gives it. So it's like, Wow, that just had to change in me. Because you? you don't
1: need to prove anymore that you have to do it on your own. Or, or that I can do it myself yes, because I, I yeah. already know that. Because yeah.
3: that was what I was going to say when you said your, your statement was, I, I don't need support. I, I, I can do everything on my own. I was going to say, that's not true. That's what you told yourself Yeah, right. because you couldn't depend on your parents.
0: True. Exactly. I couldn't depend on anybody
1: it else. It was yeah.
3: her
0: survival. That she yeah, that, had, she that, needed to
1: survive yeah. that childhood. The, the
3: parents were leaving you in school. Nobody's minding you. And it occurred to you that, because I'm the same. I want it. And nobody's giving it to me. And our, in, you and I have the same reaction. Stop needing.
0: I can do everything for yeah. myself nobody's gonna help me okay Thank i'll you. do it myself yeah. Yeah. And,
3: and but then you you reinforce that through the years like i don't need that i don't need that and then you end up doing everything yeah. <laughs> and then you resent it yeah. and then you complain <laughs> yeah because you manifested and, and and it's so dangerous the lies we tell ourselves Th- those are yes. the most dangerous mm-hmm. lies yeah because it propels your life into a direction you don't even want yep. because you lied
1: to yourself yep. it will bring you there it will manifest You know, we say in Theta, every single negative situation in your life serves you in some twisted, distorted way. Like even someone who has cancer. I mean, obviously the brain is like, I don't want to be sick. Mm -hmm. I want to be well. Mm -hmm. But with every person that I work with, with cancer, something good comes out of it. They get closer to God. Their family comes to take care of them. Mm -hmm. They start eating healthy. They change their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. They kind of have cancer to thank for all these positive things in their life. And sometimes they don't want to let that disease go because it's serving them. It's Uh giving them what they didn't have. Mm -hmm. So usually if someone's feeling very lonely, and then they get cancer, and it brings their family back because now everyone's concerned. They don't want to get well. They don't want to get well away. because they're going to be lonely oh, yeah. again. And that, honestly, situation happens for all of us in in varying degrees in right. different um, areas of our life. So if something's not working for you, you got to understand what is that twisted benefit that I'm actually getting Telling from it. Myself, what right. am I getting out of this? Yeah. Because you are. That's why the situation exists. If a situation does not serve you anymore, it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna be there anymore. Are you ready for a
3: scan? I think after an hour of talking, I think we're ready yeah. for a scan. You're ready for it? <laughs> you can scan Jelly because who she is today is different, right? She's is not that... the same person. Yeah, yeah
1: she's totally yeah. not. She is, you know, first of all, she has learned to love herself in a way that is so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and it and it shows. I mean, the way she looks, the way she carries herself, the way she reacts in certain situations. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and even when
0: I tell stories from the past, all of these stories would have made me ball my Mm -hmm. eyes out. But now I can look back and, you know, no emotions attached to it anymore. Mm -mm. That's the part that I I love the most. But let's get to the scan. Okay, these two first before me more. So Delamar, Jesus, okay, Mm-mm, but you okay. have to give her permission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. I think you have to
2: sit here. No, no, no. I can even I be can... in
0: another country and she'll no scan. problem. Yeah, Sorry. <laughs> okay. I Sorry.
3: Okay. I don't know why I get images as you're talking, because I think to a large extent I am already in a kind of a theta healing thing. The way I think, yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't even know it, mm. but I remember having this dream one day. I am on the beach, and there was like a huge, like the, it was a constellation, like, you know, cloudy pink, you know, everything, and I remember thinking, I was looking away, because I was so scared, no, I don't want to look at it, I don't want to look at it, <laughs> and then I stopped myself, I said, stop, look, and I raised my head, and I looked at it, and I remember thinking, oh my God, it's unorganized, but it's beautiful, the colors, the way it flows, and from a state of fear, I could look at it and not be afraid. Somehow, I don't know why my life got better. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, my brain did something there, but maybe I was ready to just face the ugliness of my life that I was afraid to look at. And finally, when I did,
0: it was—it wasn't even scary. Yeah. It wasn't as bad as you made it out Not to be? Not at all. To me,
3: it
1: was beautiful. Yeah. It was
3: unorganized and all that, but it was beautiful.
1: The chaos that the is chaos, us.
3: Yeah, That I, I, it was amazing. Yeah. Ready for a scan.
1: Okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that was just that was
0: just her no, intro for the no, scan.
3: Because I think, I, as you're talking, a lot of images come in my, like it flashes through my head and I, I want to ask you, but I don't want to disturb the flow. And so Kay. I just
1: wanted to share Okay. That. Do you have a question? Do you want something? Do you want me to scan on something in particular? Mm -hmm. Anything that you want clarity on or anything that you want to find out where it's coming from? So I can be a little bit more specific. So
3: my family and I will be moving to the United States in exactly three weeks. Okay. And I kind of know why I'm afraid, but I don't know if I like it hasn't really dropped in the visceral sense. Right? I won't allow myself to feel it. It's as if it's easy to think about it and chores. So that's, I guess, okay. the challenge. Do I have the permission to scan you?
1: Uh, permission granted. It's perfect.
3: <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> okay, so here's what's going on with you. Okay, this is what I see. So you can either validate or confirm for me. Um, you've worked your whole life to learn to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. You have gotten to a point where things work, things mm-hmm. make sense. You have a sense of control. Right. And moving there is a lot of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. It is um, it is really scary because you're scared of losing this sense of control that you have over yourself. Mm-hmm. You're afraid it's all going to fall apart and you're going to have to build yourself back up again. And, mm-hmm. um, the thing that will help you is just accepting that this is a move you're going to make and not to resist it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I also see that, um, maybe, maybe you don't need to hold on so tightly. Maybe you can learn to let go. And maybe you can just trust a little bit more. And I think I, that is... That is the worst thing to say to a control freak. Yeah. Trust.
4: Yeah. I
1: think that um, a big life theme for you is to learn to just trust. Every time you've done it, it's worked for you. That's true. You can remember those times in your life yep. that when you did it, it always worked out. Yep. But it's really difficult because your survival instinct is to take care of things. Right. And so you, we call it overcorrection. You bend over backwards to try to control things and to, you know, to be, to hold, to juggle all these balls, to hold everything up. Mm -hmm. But learning to trust will make it so much easier. Letting it go and allowing things to be will actually work out for you a lot better. Okay, you should honor yourself for learning to take care of you. You did it. Mm -hmm. You've learned to do it. Right. But now that you have proved to yourself you can do it, you can just trust the creative force. Right. Just allow. Just let it be. Don't resist. Otherwise, you're going to go there and you're going to make everything really difficult. Yeah. And that's going to make the whole experience, it's going to taint it for you. Right. And you'll end up resenting the people around you for it. Right. You'll blame them for why things are not, not working, working well. out. Okay? So let go. Just, you know, dive in. Mm. It's going to be okay. You're not going to fall. Okay? You're actually going to go to greater heights. Okay?
3: Exactly. (laughs) Because the process for me, I think, the move is I have no job. I'm not me there because I'm really a nobody. Yeah. It's going to make me cry. And this is the first time I'm going to trust a man to take care of me.
1: Yeah. And that's hard.
3: It's hard. It's so hard. I know. I've learned to trust him. But this situation is like the 10th level, the last level of trust where I have no family, I have no friend. You're moving everything. And I don't know where everything's at. Here I can. I can do it. Yeah. And there, no, I got to figure it out. But... It's exactly where I felt the shift. Where I go Every time I whatever I think of something like a difficult thing for myself the way I approach it emotionally dictates the level of success I will have with it. Yes. So just as a point of like a an example is I used to hate photo shoots. I hate how I look. I never look good, and I have to do this in front of people. And I resented it for a long time. And then one day, I go, you know, they wanted you. They paid you. So let go and just be happy at the shoot. Yeah. And I tell you, ever since then, it's become easy. I, I don't fret about it. I don't lose sleep. And I'm okay. And yeah. even when I know there's judgment, that you can somehow hear, oh, it's a little too fat. Stuff like that. It didn't matter to me yeah. anymore. It, yeah, I get it. But now I, I'm okay. Yeah. And I think that's where, for me, the shift will be. If I, if I go into this move with exactly what you said, like a negative emotions, it's exactly what I'm going to get. Yeah. But if I shift the way I approach it, like, hey, it's something new. It's an adventure. It's an adventure. It's not a sentence. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Because I think in my head, I'm thinking it's a sentence.
1: No one is doing this to you. You're choosing to go. Right. And you don't have to trust him. You actually don't have to trust him. I just have to trust myself. You have to trust yourself. And you got to trust the universe or whatever you believe in. You trust that because you'll be okay wherever you go. Yeah. You That's don't right. need the family and the roots and you don't right, need all right. of that. Yeah. All you need is you. You, you are enough. enough. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And don't put it on him. Yeah. Because the minute you put it on him, you're setting up expectations. Yes. And whenever you hold expectations of others, they're going to disappoint you. Right. Because what you expect from others is usually unspoken. What,
3: what you want from yourself.
1: Yeah. Okay. It's right. not... He's not forcing you, you made a choice. So it's on you, it's your choice, how you decide to make this move, get it?
3: Yeah, very much, totally agree. Right path.
1: Thank you for sharing that and allowing us to kind of, you know, take a peek into your own, uh, in in your psyche.
2: Monica. I'm just thinking this is really beautiful. I'm going to get my period soon, so I'm super emotional. <laughs> but this is really, really nice. I'm so happy for you. Because I've, I've been through this. I go through this with my mom. Right. You know, so it's like, I'm going to get teary-eyed. I know, I, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I get But I get happiness that my friends yes. reach this point. Right. Every week. <laughs> But it's not always bad tears. It's not bad tears. It's not not always bad.
3: Because beautiful things can move you to tears as
1: well, right? Absolutely. And even if it's negative things that move you to tears, it's okay. You're opening the floodgates. Let it out. I don't know why we keep it in. (laughs) (laughs) Because we try to keep it together. Yeah, like that. We think it's weakness. Yes.
3: Yeah, Yeah. we're scared to look in. Yeah, it's not. It's strength. Yeah. I
4: totally
2: agree. I'm... Monica, I,
4: I know. are you ready?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I'm, I was thinking. I was like, "What? What do I need to deal with in my life right now?" <laughs> <laughs> life in general. Mm, I, I don't know. Let me think. Mm, okay, maybe my 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 health, my self-being, like, I find it, I had this conversation with Jelly, I remember, and I have it with Al, with my partner, partner. why is it so difficult for me to get on this healthy path? Because we were like that, we were very about fitness when we were younger, but then now because the business and, and I guess family and life in general takes precedence over me
1: taking care of myself,
2: Yeah, I'm like, I so. is that it?
1: I actually wanted to talk about weight because it's such a big subject yes, for women.
2: Is. Oh, it's a weight thing. It's a health thing. Hi, hello, boy. The kids. Oh, ah. the, the kids are here.
0: Awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're so cute. What you guys Aww. gonna
0: do? Nothing. All right. David is Juliana's BFF. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. Amazing. Oh my wow. god. Oh my so god. Cute just so you understand the reaction parker before walking out of the room just kissed dell's hand yeah unprompted
2: he's a charmer that one Mm, he really is is. very
1: loving delamar monica francesca jelly victor you're listening to the eavesdrop so um i want to talk about it because i I was mentioning like you know for women weight is such a big issue Mm -mm. and um okay i won't spoil the surprise let me scan you first (laughs) and then we'll (laughs) see okay so do i have your permission yes
2: you do have my permission
1: Why is everyone more important than you? Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. It's
2: <laughs> a good question.
1: <laughs> In my eyes?
2: Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I have to take care of them.
1: Why? I don't know. Why do you have to take care of them all the time?
2: Because I feel if I don't, things will not... They won't take care of themselves.
1: Why will they not take care of themselves?
2: No. Uh, I feel maybe that they're not responsible enough to do so okay. so i need to do it for them okay or, or no it's going to be chaos okay. Like things are not going to get done
1: okay so when was the first time when things were complete chaos in your life the first time first time close your eyes like ever yeah go back and tell me when was the first time there was so much chaos because nobody was taking care of things I don't know,
2: maybe when we moved to the Philippines.
1: Okay, and so what happened?
2: Um, I guess I was uprooted from high school, friends, like stuff, living in New York, and then I had to come here. And how did you feel? Um, I felt angry at my folks because they didn't take care of the stuff that they should have. Mm -hmm. I guess, to allow me to stay in the States.
1: Uh, Okay. Yeah. All right. And what happened when you moved here?
2: Mm, Well, I had a difficult time, a rebellious period, but it led me to radio and it started my radio career.
1: Okay. And so you got to where you needed to be? Yes. Okay. So what did you learn from that?
2: What did I learn?
1: What did you learn from the whole experience? You got uprooted. You got put in a situation you didn't want to be. You were really angry and upset at everyone around you. But eventually you found something you loved. You made your life here and you were here Mm -hmm. with us. So what did you learn from that whole experience?
2: Oh, well, the things happen for a reason.
1: Okay. Yeah. And so right now in your life, right? You're constantly trying to make everyone else, you're trying to take care of them, you're trying to make them happy, you're trying to do what? What are you really trying to do for your whole family and for people around you?
2: Um, To make sure that they're okay, that they're stable, that they don't want, they don't have to need anything.
1: Okay, and so what happens if you do that for them? And then what happens? Yeah.
2: They'll be okay?
1: Okay, so you're trying to take care of them, protect mm-hmm. them, so that they are going to be okay. Right. But in your life, you didn't get that, right? Yeah. You didn't get that from your parents, especially when you moved. Right. And you still found your way. Yes. Yeah. And you still got to where you needed to be. So what does that teach you?
2: That they'll be okay if I let them do their thing? Just
1: Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> and then... Here's my other question. What's the worst that would happen if you started paying attention to yourself? What if you started, you know, doing the things that made you a priority? What if you start focusing on your weight and your health and your lifestyle? What would happen? What's the worst that could happen? Nothing. Close your eyes. No bad thing. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Close your eyes. Okay, okay, okay. I want you to imagine... That you're doing all that stuff that you want to do, which you're currently not doing because you're busy taking care of everyone else. Mm-hmm. So imagine living that life. Talk me through it. What are you visualizing? What are you imagining? Um, What's it like? Well,
2: okay. I imagine that I wake up in the morning, I have enough energy to, to work out, or actually, no, motivation to, to get up and work out. Um... Every day. How do you that. feel
1: as you're working out? Visualize yourself doing that.
2: Good. Okay. Endorphins good. Yes. Clear headed.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. And how are things with your family? You just, use your imagination. Imagine like, you know, you've come home from your workout. You've been doing that. You're all sweaty. You're like really, you know, all pumped up. Then what happens? Where are your kids? Where's your partner? Your husband? Oh, Okay, let's see. See how they react. Mm. Tell me how the things are working in your home, in your life, as you live this different life.
2: Okay, I I imagine it like it's really early morning and nobody's awake yet. So I get to go work out and do my thing. And then when I come home, they're just about to wake up. And I see them, I greet them a good morning. I'm in high, I'm in good spirits because I just had a great run or a great yoga session um, yeah. And yeah. how do they react? They're to happy. You. <laughs> They're happy because I'm happy. Okay. Because I'm not sour. There you go. <laughs> and upset. Okay. Um, or stressed.
1: And how about your partner? And
2: he is happy. Um, or maybe, maybe he's not there because he had to go teach. But okay, let's say if he is there, yes, he's happy. He gives me a hug. He's like, oh, I'm happy that you worked out today. Or maybe he'll say, can I work out with you tomorrow?
1: Okay, so he gets involved with you. Yes. So you spend time together.
2: Yes.
1: And your kids are happy too because you're in a better mood. Right. So why can't you have that? I don't know. I don't know what.
2: I feel like I have this block, this motive, like the motivation to get up and put on the workout clothes and just run
4: okay
1: let's move forward okay okay? to six months later you've been working out you've been like you know doing all of this i want you to look at yourself in the mirror okay you've been working out regularly it's Mm -hmm. been six months how do you look i look good okay and how do you feel about that Mm, great okay yes and now go check out how your kids react how your partner reacts well, How th- people around you react.
2: I think everybody's just more happier. Okay, so it's still yeah. good. It's still good.
1: Okay, so let's go forward two years now. Now look at yourself in the mirror.
4: I
2: look like J-Lo. I have J-Lo abs.
1: <laughs> so you're hot. I'm hot. You're no, I'm J-Lo fit. hot.
2: No, I'm fit. I'm okay. like where I want to be, um, strong and healthy. And I have a lot more energy. And um, Al and I both feel more confident with each other, um, going out also, Uh, just confident in general. I feel more confident.
1: Okay. Yeah. So the only thing that's holding you back is this need to take care of everyone else. I guess. And the job. Yeah. The job? Uh, The business, sorry. The Business. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but... You, so now you understand, right, that they can all be taken care of and everyone's going to be happy Yes. if you're happy. Yes. And you're going to be happier if you do all these things that you want to do. Right. So how do you feel about all of that? Relieved. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So are we going to hit a yoga class tomorrow I or think. the gym? <laughs> yes. Okay. So sometimes we just got to teach her mind mm-hmm. how to move forward and imagine that it's already done. And in all likelihood, tomorrow, you're actually going to feel a lot more motivated than you were today. I'd probably explore one or two things if I had a private session with Mm -hmm. you. The first thing I'd explore, so these are things I just caught while she was talking. And if I was in a session room with her, we'd explore this. The first thing she said is she had to go work out while the kids were asleep. So she's going to probably sacrifice her sleep to work out Mm -hmm. because she there's still that feeling that I can't take time away from my family right. as if it's wrong mm. to take some time for her while they're awake. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I'd explore that a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing that I'd explore was um, I, I told her you're going to be hot. And she said, Oh no, I'm just going to have a fit body as if there was some resistance to being, to, hot, to to being hot, you know, and, and like normally, so if you talk to someone about losing weight and they feel good and they're like lost a lot of weight, they're all like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm hot now, I'm sexy, I look better. But she didn't say any of that, you know? So there is some, something going on with her where somewhere she is reluctant to look her best mm. or to, you know, be this mm. better version of herself. So somewhere I'd explore a little bit of self-acceptance and self-love mm-hmm. um, in a much more private setting. Take notes, make a <laughs> session, make an appointment with Tanaya.
2: <laughs> right after this. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so how was that? I was good. That was really good. It's always kind of weird to delve into, right? Your thoughts, your yeah. fears. It's that line of questioning. Well, then what? then what and then you know I'm like ah, I don't know
1: <laughs> but you know your your mind doesn't know the difference between reality and imagination so if you can create a a path in your imagination your mind is more likely to be able to know where to go next right. or what to do, do. you're kind of like creating a path for yourself Mm-mm. so you'll already find even without seeing me you will already find that there's more of a motivation or inclination mm-hmm. to do things for you that you want to do after this just by talking right just by me asking the right questions Those questions yeah. yes. you know so that's what i meant just asking yourself will already open up some new avenues and possibilities that you may not have considered before i don't think your brain got mm-hmm. that you could be happy they could be happy and everybody could be happier right if you just did that one thing for yourself you know, like, as if you would just, like, you didn't get that Mm-mm. until you went through this. Right. You know? And sometimes it's so simple, but we don't see it because we are so caught up in the drama mm-hmm. of what's going on in our subconscious mind without realizing it.
2: Agree. I agree.
1: Okay? Yes. So that's, that's a reading for the two of you. Oh, my goodness.
2: Really good. Oh, my goodness. Well... I'm spent. Hold on. Yeah.
3: <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah.
2: So how do you um wh- okay, with your kids, you have two? Yep. Two little ones. Um as a mom and then as a theta healer and obviously you also have to navigate their little baby emotions. Yeah. And so since you're very aware, now 1 to 8, that's like a very, you know, sensitive time for these kids. Um you as a mom, how do you how do you do this? How do you navigate?
1: Well, I, that? I'm mindful mm-hmm. of what I say to them. So um, I'll, I'll give you an example. So, you know, my son is at that age, three and a half, where you start putting him in all these different classes, right? Yeah. And so he's got yoga class and he's got um, taekwondo and soccer and music mm-hmm. and, you know, and he's in school too. So I put him in soccer class. And um, I would notice that, like, He'd be in soccer class, and then he's, like, picking grass off the ground. You know, he's daydreaming. You know, like, they're in the middle of, like, a scrimmage, mm-hmm. you know, and my son's just kind of, like, daydreaming, wandering, off. wandering oh. off, and, you know, like, he's almost, like, completely lost, like, when he did get engaged, he's kicking the soccer ball to the wrong, like, the goal, the yeah, goal, goal. that says, oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I could see he was just kind of, like, not there, yeah, and then I remember we went home, and I was telling my husband, I was like, you know, babe, you know, Suri, he he was just so old. and and Suri was there. my son was there and I was like you know he was just like off daydreaming and blah 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 and you know I think he's just like you because my, my husband loves basketball and he doesn't like soccer at all and he he watches basketball he plays basketball and he's you know in his in his days I mean he's he still plays but he's has he's a really good basketball player you know so I was just trying to tell my husband that look you know he's just like you He's so not interested in soccer, and we need to really put him in basketball. But I haven't found a class for his age. So I was just kind of like, you know, I didn't mean it seriously. It was just a normal conversation. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd already paid for like eight sessions, you know. So I continued to have, and I said, maybe he'll grow to like soccer or whatever, you know. But I noticed that with every class, progressively, he's just not interested. And so one day I said, you know, Suri, what do you want to do about soccer? Do you like it? Do you want to continue? And he's like, no, I don't want to continue. I don't want to play soccer anymore. And I noticed he's not like that in Taekwondo. Like in Taekwondo, he pays attention. He's doing, you know, he's engaged. And and after he said he didn't want to, I went home and I just kind of sat with myself for a while. And I said, what happened here? You know, I don't know why. Something just triggered me. And I asked, I said, what happened here? And then I realized what I did. From that, when I told my husband that he wasn't interested, he wasn't paying attention, Mm -hmm. he was kicking in the wrong goal, I was just relating the story. Mm -mm. But I realized that I made him feel like he's not good at it. Yep. And so he never learned to like it, you know, he just decided he just wasn't good at it and Mm. he would never be good at it, Mm. you know? And, and usually I'm, I'm very encouraging about anything he does. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, if he does, he draws something. Oh my God, Suri, this is amazing. You're like Leonardo da Vinci (laughs) in the makeup. I'm usually very like supportive because that's what I believe in. And I don't know how I dropped the ball with soccer, maybe Mm. because, you know, I he overheard I don't know. it. I don't know yeah. wh- what happened, but I went back and I introspected and I realized, "Oh my, you know, like I did that to him. I made him think he wasn't good at it. So he decided he wasn't good at it and he just didn't get better." And so I corrected myself and I started to um make sure that I was a bit more mindful of how I was handling things with him. And so, you know, we, we, um, I stopped soccer classes with him, Mm -hmm. but I learned my lesson, you know, and I taught myself that, you know, be careful. Don't ever, ever make him feel, even if he's not, if I'm not talking to him directly and I'm talking to his father, you know, I have to be mindful of what message he gets. Mm -hmm. So it just makes me more careful and mindful. Mm -hmm. I'm much more aware um, but I, is there a, is
2: there a, if it, like, is there t- too much praise? Like, you know how they say, like, you know, you coddle your child, like, you have to tell them, there, there's parents who are like, oh my God, you're great, you're great at everything. Is that, yeah. is that good? Or, because there's a train of thought, you can't tell them, okay, there's room to, man to yeah. be better or. I, I used
1: to think tough love was the something right way, like, that? like, be firm and mm-hmm. so on. So, uh, what I've learned in parenting, Um, because it's a new, it's been a new experience for me, obviously, right? And I've learned that um, there's no such thing as too much love, or too much praise. Okay, but there is balance. And you can teach your children the right virtues, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can, like, for example, I can give my kids toys, and buy them things, but I can also talk to them about the people on the street, and what's going on in their life, Mm -hmm. you know, so teaching them to have an balanced perspective not trying to overprotect them you know so i think that's really worked Um, i've also realized that i don't need to discipline my children i just need to love them so much that they want to listen to me okay and i don't expect them to do things they can't you can't expect a two-year-old to sit quietly on the table and behave himself Mm -hmm. you know you just can't Mm -mm. and a lot of parents they put all this pressure on having kids that are well behaved. But that's not for the child. It's for how you feel. You're gonna that, be judged. Uh, you're gonna be judged by us. other people. Yeah. You know, like like I went to Japan um on a family trip like just last week. And um I kept telling my nanny uh, that, you know, we gotta we gotta You know, teach him how to eat (laughs) so that he's a little bit more, you know, cleaner. Because the way my younger son eats, that's just the way we brought him up, is we put this mat on the table and we just put the food and he can eat how he wants. And there's food everywhere and I let him be. But, you know, you can't do that in Japan because Mm -hmm. the Japanese culture is just not, you know, not amenable to that. Like they would get really, really um, upset for those kind of things. And I knew we were going to Japan, and I decided for the first time that we were going to go without any help. You know, nanny, nothing. It was just my husband and I and our two kids. And, um, and so before I went to Japan, I worked on myself. And I said, you know what? I got to deal with this stuff. Because I grew up in Japan, I'm used to the culture, and my family isn't. Mm-hmm. And so I got to be okay with that. So I kind of did some healing on myself. And when we got to Japan, I let him be. He wanted to make a mess, be a mess. And if they were upset, like we went to a lot of restaurants where I could see, you know, the, the owners of the restaurants were just like, what kind of a mom lets her child make Makes this mess. He makes this uh, mess uh, or run around or do stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Yes, it takes a lot more patience to do that but I let them be. And I've seen how my my older son is just such a great listener, mm. but I never imposed it on him. And he listens because he, he loves us so much. And I say things to him like, Suri, you can be naughty, but just a little bit naughty. Okay, <laughs> you listen the rest of the time. So I kind of tell him, it's okay to be naughty. You're going to be naughty. You're three. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? You're going to run around. You run around. Mm-hmm. But you know, can we just sit for five minutes? So I don't, I don't put expectations on myself or my children mm-hmm. based on other people. Okay. You know, yeah. I, I kind of allow them to be who they are and express themselves. Mm-hmm. And even though it's going to make a mess or it's going to be, you know, testing my patients and so on, I work on myself because it's not about them. It's about me.
2: You know? Is there a point where you do draw the line? Like, okay, well, Suri, it's enough.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like when it's, when it's going to hurt someone like okay. if he hurts his younger brother mm-hmm. then i really step in and i'm firm you know so anytime it's dangerous okay. i will step in right but for the most part you know i notice that they are careful because i let them learn that that's good you right? know i yeah. taught them to be aware so they know of their that.
2: consequence if they you know run yeah. too fast
1: yeah mm. they got to learn right yeah, it's true i never baby proofed my home because i said they're going to learn to navigate dangerous items you know and and um i never needed to they never really hurt themselves okay and i trusted the universe is going to take care of them too so there's
2: (laughs) trust there's trust there you gotta
1: trust you gotta trust
0: i've been more conscious of the programming i've been instilling in uh, juliana Mm -hmm. you know just constantly saying be careful be careful and then i realized no i have to i have to just trust that she's gonna be okay and I really have to stop saying the be careful, be careful because I also don't want her to grow up to be so cautious. And to be afraid. She, yeah, and to be afraid and not put you know, not take risks. Yeah. So I'm like I really had to draw back on that. So I'm glad that I'm a more mindful mother now than if I had never started taking those classes or even just the negative programming of, Hey, don't walk on the edge, you might fall. Hey, you know, you'll drown. Just the negative programming, I'm like, I'm a little bit more conscious of those things now. Mm-mm.
3: And I, I, I totally agree. Like my son, same thing. I'll be careful of that. And I remember thinking, if I do that often, I awesome. make him think that the world is a scary place. True. Yeah. And you're going to look at the world as an enemy. Yeah. And I've learned to tell him, look around, be mindful. Are you in danger? Mm. Is there something that could go wrong? Is everything Okay. And it's hard because the automatic thing to say is, be careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Yes. But just shifting, shifting from that, I don't know what it's going to do for my child, but it certainly made me feel better about my own kind of parenting. Yeah. And I think that this is an option for people who are lost, whether it's your life or the relationships you have. Yes. And maybe for people listening out there, Check it out. You can read up on it before you even start to contact uh, our guest today. But if this resonates with you, then maybe it's time. And we'll put a link where you can get in touch. But you
1: can also mention how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a healing center in the Fort. It's Mm -hmm. called the Third Eye Wellness. You can find us online. It's uh, www.thirdeyeonline.com. So that's like T-H-I-R-D-E-Y-E online.com slash P-H. We have a Facebook group called The Third Eye Wellness. On Instagram, it's The Third Eye Wellness. And you can also call us. Um, Our phone number is uh, 808-2984. You can email us, that's manila at thirdeyeonline.com. And even if you just Google the Third Eye Wellness, you'll find a ton of resources. We have a YouTube channel, so I have a ton of videos that you can take a look at. I mean, even if you just start reading, even if you just, you know, follow us, we give you lots of tips and ideas, just like I did here. Um, Even if you just, you know, practice a little bit more awareness and mindfulness, you're moving forward. Mm. And that's all it takes, Mm -hmm. one step at a time. Right.
3: Thank you so much. Oh my what what, what a great episode. episode. <laughs> thank, thank, you. You
0: <laughs> thank you for joining us. For really blocking this on your schedule and being with us. We oh, appreciate I was, it, much. I was so
1: excited to be here. I mean, you guys are great. And what <laughs> you're doing is amazing. So it, it's me who's really grateful. So thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, thank you for giving me a voice here and allowing me to Even to if you lost people. your voice. But it's yeah. back, though. It, it is. Yeah, it's yeah, a back. lot better than when you came in.
0: Thank you. Thank
2: you so much. Thanks so much. Thank you, Jelly, for setting this up.
0: Oh, I I just had to because I know the kind of impact she's had on me Mm -hmm. and everyone else that I know of. I mean, I just heard her on radio years Years ago. ago. And you know, I wouldn't have the kind of amazing relationship I have with my ex partner now, my best friend. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for the healing that I got from Theta, I wouldn't have the kind of relationship I have with my mother. Mom, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Now, I agree. If it wasn't for you know the healing that I did on myself, Mm-mm. so like she said, it's a tool. Mm-mm. but it's still you has to do the work. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. So there. So I hope this kind of resonated with a lot of people, maybe touched a nerve with some people, um, because I feel sometimes like I have friends, I'm like, oh, you know, you should, you should go here. You should try it out. But then they're super closed off to the fact that they just don't want to, yeah, you know? And then I, I am a firm believer in all, all in due time. So hopefully somebody out there, this is this is going to make a, a switch or a click in you that you're like, okay, I'm going to seek out this kind of help I'm or therapy. I'm a firm believer that healing. when the
3: student is ready, the teacher, the teacher appears. appears. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And it would be the same mm-hmm. if you were to take like Jelly Herdy from years ago before yeah. she ever, so when she was ready,
1: you were there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, I also want to add though, we all have a choice. In Mm. our life. So if you choose to live with certain things in your life, it's your choice. Mm -mm. And if you choose to, you know, go get help or to do something different, it's your Your choice. choice. You always have a choice. I know a lot of people who say, you know, I'll wait till I'm ready. I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. And you know that getting ready takes Mm -hmm. a lot of time. (laughs) And during that time, you just suffer a lot more. That's true. And sometimes all you got to do is just make a choice. Yeah. You know, make a different choice. Yeah. And that's an active state mm-hmm. as opposed to waiting until you are ready. And you know? also oh. make a choice to do better, to live a better
0: life. And on a side note, um, Third Eye holds healing clinics every yes. month and it's a, a free or by donation um, healing clinic. So you have a sort of a feel of what the healing sessions are like. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, if... Um, money is an issue yes you just go there get voice out you know it's a way for you to vent out things mm-hmm. that you wouldn't have told your friends or True. family yeah. you you, yeah. you might open up to a complete stranger and we started off this session, this um episode saying that we've created a safe safe place with our podcast and that's what Sanaya has actually done with her center as mm-hmm. well is she's created a safe place for people to come in and just let it all out mm-hmm. and know that you're safe yeah so no try judgment a, no judgment try out the healing session she's mentioned the website you can already click on healing booking healing sessions there so you know you never know Yeah. nothing to lose know. everything to gain mm-hmm.
3: thank you again for everything yeah, that you shared
4: you so with us much. today thank you